to High Point. My name is Natalie, and I am excited to welcome you, you here today to celebrate the season of Advent that we're in um, right now through December as we are anticipating um, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. In the seat back in front of you, there is a Connect card. This is a chance for you, an opportunity for you to fill out your name um, and any prayer requests or concerns that you have, ways to connect within the church and turn it in either in the back in one of the boxes or to a greeter out in the front. Um, will you pray with me as we start for today? Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we get to come together, pause, and think about what you have done for us. Thank you for fulfilling the prophecy of sending your son Jesus to this earth um, so that he can make a way for us to be with you. We pray that the words that we hear today will go beyond this moment in this building, that we will take it out and share it with the world around us, um, making an impact for your kingdom. In your holy name I pray, amen. If you don't know me, I am actually in jam most of the time which is the first through fourth graders and we kick off worship with energy and excitement and the way that we do that is we do a one two three hit it and so let's see how the adults in the big church can do to kick off worship compared to to the kids are we ready one two three would you stand let's worship nice job
Amen. That's kind of a weird one to say, hit it to. Sorry. Let's go. 
awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars And I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed And then sings my soul my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his son not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin. Shout of acclamation and take me home. What joy shall fill my heart? Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so humbled. We're so humbled. We're so small compared to you and your victory over death. I pray that we will anticipate with excitement the coming of the Savior. That right now we will just be still and quiet our minds and allow our hearts to be changed. And we've got a lot of pride. And I just pray that we will just make ourselves vulnerable just for a moment so that you can do your work. In your son's name, amen.
closer to Christmas Day. And last week, we started with hope. And Advent means arrival. It means beginning. And so we are taking some time in preparation for the arrival of Jesus Christ the first time. And with that comes blessing. And we looked last week at the blessing of hope, that we all need hope. That's what gets us out of bed. And when we're in tough situations, if we don't have hope, it's just easy to kind of give up. Well, this is week two. Last week we wrote, uh, we lit, I should say, candle one for hope. And today we're going to light candle two, and I'm going to turn it over to a wonderful family. Welcome Pietro and Christine, if you would. They're going <laughs> to, fantastic. I should have handed that to you, shouldn't I? Look at you. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered a world. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Today we light the second candle, the candle of peace. We acknowledge that at times we let anxiety and conflict win the day in our, win the day in our lives. Help us to see those times when we have lived without peace and forgive us for our transgressions. Set our minds on you, that we may remember you are the Prince of Peace, and our security comes from you alone. Teach us that this place is inward, everlasting, and can exist regardless of our circumstances. And whatever you believe is best, teach us how to live in that peace every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Last week, we were also handing out some Advent booklets. Uh, apparently, a batch of those kind of got... Uh, maybe stapled in the wrong order. If you need, uh, and it's one per family, if you would, please, if you need one, you can pick them up at, out the, at the kiosk uh, in, in the lobby area. And it's just to help you during the week and some family interaction as well, too. But let me pray. Um, I'm going to give you just a second, a moment, to kind of do whatever you got to do to get your heart and mind in a place that we can hear from God's Word. Father, thank you for this time and the preparation that we need with all that's going on. I pray, Lord, that you would speak a word of encouragement, a word of challenge, your truth into our hearts and minds and speak through me. May nothing come from me as I have nothing to say, but Lord, I pray that we would leave here with your truth seared to our hearts and to our heads and that we would live out that truth, Lord God, for your glory and the good of ourselves and those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in week two, and we're taking on peace. And I know right now in some cases, um, peace may not be within your reach. As much as this is a festive time and a celebratory time and can be an exciting time of trimming the tree and putting lights on the house and buying presents and giving presents and holidays and travel and all that, that, that it can also be a very, very difficult time. Because there's those awkward family interactions when you're with people you have not seen in some time for many different reasons, and it's just kind of weird. Or you're reminded that there's a family person that is not here for this year's celebration, and it's just hard, and we're looking for rest and peace. I, I thought it would be helpful to start with you. If, if I could go to a place where there's an accumulation of knowledge and information, the likes of which we've never seen before, and his name is Google. <laughs> and I Googled the question, where do you find peace? How do you find peace? And Obi-Wan uh, Google said these things. He says, accept what you can't change or control. Tell yourself, I can get through this. 
or I won't always be in this situation. That was a suggestion. The second suggestion was to practice forgiveness, not a bad suggestion. Third was to be grateful, to write down three things at the end of the day that you're thankful for. I have no idea who you thank, but you're to write those down. Practice mindful meditation in which you empty your mind of whatever might be keeping you as you perceive it from peace. Another was to make time for yourself. Go back to nature. Visualize a peaceful place or an idyllic environment. And the last one was breathe effectively. <laughs> and there were others. I don't know about you, but in the moments of anxiety and stress that are a part of the human condition, I'm not sure those are going to deliver. Not for very long. And this morning, we are going to look at peace, biblically speaking. And I, and I like the idea of this understanding of peace to not come from Google. I want it to come from this guy that we read last week and was described in Isaiah, which is about 750, 800 years before, the, before Jesus was born. God um, got Isaiah to prophesy this incredibly hopeful statement. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and might you understand him to be Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. That's what we read last week as we looked at hope, this incredible statement of hope that we celebrate the birth of a king. And they, the people of God, were looking for their Messiah and he was born. And we are in preparation when that comes and we celebrate that fully in a few weeks ahead. But this morning, I want to talk about peace. And I heard it this way. It was interesting uh, listening to another pastor talk about this. He referenced Silent Night, oh, a Holy uh, I gotta look at this because I get confused between Holy Night and Silent Night. When he says Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. Now, I'm not going to sing that for you because I want you to stay right here. But his point was that to the naked eye, it was a silent night. It was a holy night. All was calm and all was bright. But behind the scenes was a whole nother story. And we're going to read a passage of Scripture that I can say I've never read at Christmas time. We're going to look at two places of Scripture this morning as we kind of do a little bit of a deep dive on peace. Because I doubt that there's anybody in here who says, you know, I got enough peace. I don't need any more. Or maybe you find peace to be fleeting and flippant. It's like riding a roller coaster. There are highs, but man, there are lows. Can, can I get something that's just a little more sustainable? Is there something different out there than what the world offers, as Pietro and Christina read? Well, there is, my friends. And I want us to Open our Bibles to our table of contents, your Bible app, and I'm going to ask you to look at two books. The book of Luke, it's the third book down. And I want you to mark Luke chapter 2, and then we're going to go all the way to Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, and specifically to Revelation chapter 12. As we look at peace and understand peace, it's important that we understand, and, and the birth of the Prince of Peace, we've got to understand what's going on. And as, and as I said, everything to the naked eye might have seemed silent and holy and calm and bright. But follow along with me as I read Revelation chapter 12. This is a, um, an apocalyptic vision that was given to John. And he got a little glimpse into what was going on in the unseen realm. What was going on when the Prince of Peace was born into the world, was it really silent and holy and calm and bright? Now, apocalyptic language is used to grab our attention. We're not to take this literally, but we're to understand that the vivid language so that we're gripped by it. 
Revelation chapter 12, I'll begin in verse 1. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in labor and agony as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. There was a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head, heads were seven diadems. His tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and, hurried the, and hurled them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she did give birth, he might devour her child. Now the woman here, in a general sense, is Israel, because from Israel, from the people of Israel, comes the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus. Specifically, this woman is Mary, and the dragon is our adversary, Satan himself. And he is perched, ready for the birth of the Messiah to destroy him, to not cut in on what he has been enjoying and inflicting destruction, death, and pain. Verse 5, but she gave birth to a son, a male who was going to shepherd all nations with an iron scepter, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then skip down to verse 7. Then the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world, he was thrown to earth and his angels with him. And skip to verse 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, for you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he has a short so on that wonderful, silent, holy night, that calm, peaceful night, there's a whole lot more going on behind the scenes. And Satan is seeking to destroy and to devour the Messiah, the birth of the Prince of Peace. And we actually see that play out in a way that it is seen. You're familiar in Matthew chapter 2, the story of Christmas, when Herod, King Herod, hears of the Messiah, hears of the king of the Jews being born, he, he's, in, he's jealous about that. He feels um, threatened by that. So he sends the wise men in a deceptive way to tell me about this king. I want to know where he is. And the wise men, they go, and then they're, they're told by an angel that this is not a good thing. Do not go back to King Herod. And they don't go back to King Herod. And that upsets him greatly. And I'll pick it up, chapter 2, verse 13. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. And then skip down to verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Do you see that? Can you, do you make that connection? What was not seen by the naked eye was this cosmic conflict whose ripple effect was something we can't even fully comprehend. We can't even see it. But we get this little peek into what was going on. John was given this little peek. But what we can see and what is documented was that Herod, acting on behalf of Satan, was seeking to destroy, to snuff out, and to kill the Messiah. But we're told that it didn't work. And if you remember in chapter 12, what I just read to you of Revelation, the last verse, verse 12 of chapter 12 says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, because he's gone. Satan's gone and his minions are gone. But what does he say? Woe to the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he has a short time. He has lost the war, my friends, but he is not going to lose the battles. And he's going to attack in ways that creates anxiety and stress in our lives because it takes the focus off of God and onto our problems and onto our struggles. And that works against us. 
And that's not what the Prince of Peace came. So the first thing I would say about peace is, my friends, it did not come silently. No way did it come silently. The noise that was heard in the unseen realm was a spiritual battle that was taking place. The Prince of Peace's birth was in no way anything quiet. And then secondly, the noise that I speak of, the, the, the absence of it being quiet, was there was an incredible cry from the cross of Christ. He's born, he lives a perfect life, and then he is crucified on the cross. He, he, he is taken through a kangaroo court. He's a threat because he is challenging the religious establishment. And he is sentenced to death and as he's crucified and hanging on a cross to absorb to absorb the judgment of God on our behalf for your brokenness and my brokenness he did that and from his mouth come these words first from Matthew chapter 27 verse 46 he says my God my God why have you forsaken me He's feeling God turning away from him because he's absorbing. He is being treated as if he sinned your sins and my sins. And God's holiness requires that he judge that. And he absorbs it. And he feels that, that eternal bond and relationship has now been broken. And then in John chapter 19, verse 30, at the very end, you hear him say the three greatest words in the history of humanity it is finished he wasn't taken off his track he, he, he wasn't thrown by the wayside because of the temptations that satan tried to get at him when he was early in the wilderness when he tempted him with all kinds of worldly stuff jesus held on and he, and he did not give in to temptation and then remember when he was in the garden and he was praying he knew what was coming and, and hours before that, he was praying, God, if there's any way that this can be done, may it be so. But not my will, your will be done. And so the mortal blow that was the birth of the Prince of Peace becomes his defeat when Jesus faithfully leaves the garden and goes and is crucified and absorbs the judgment of God. And then God raises him three days later to say, I am satisfied. This is the guy. Put your faith and trust in him, not in yourself. And you will know peace. Biblical peace. Not the peace that the world offers. So, peace did not come silently, my friends. Secondly, now let's go to Luke, where I asked you to turn to. Luke chapter 2. This is probably where you're a little bit more familiar with this story. This is a little bit nicer. This is a better setting, okay? We're going to go out to the, to the shepherds, the stinky guys who are way out of town because no one wants to smell them, and that's where sheep are, and you think that would be the last place that, that God would announce the coming of the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to pick it up. Luke chapter 2. Let's pick it up with verse 11. Today, this is the angel saying to the, to, the, to the shepherds, today a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord who was born for you in the city of David. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the great angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. Now we're talking. Ah. This is the good stuff, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want peace on earth. We want peace for everyone, right? That's what we want. Well, I purposely didn't finish reading what the heavenly host said. Let me read it again, but I'll finish verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. You see, the second thing we need to understand about this peace, not only does it, is it not quiet, but my friends, this peace comes to some, but not to all. And that's a hard thing to think about. But that is what is being delivered to the shepherds. Now, let's talk about peace for a minute. What are we talking about peace? Just, just so we understand here. The, the peace we talk about is not like 
was read, the peace that the world offers. What kind of peace does the world offer? Well, the, the world offers peace when you have um, the wealth that you want, when you have the health that you want, when you have the possessions that you want, when you have the accomplishments and the achievements that you want. There's a, ah, or when you have the vacation that you want, when you're sitting there and you're not watching the Corona commercial on the beach, you're there. That's the peace. Ah, but that's what the world offers us. Did you notice when Google listed out ways to find peace, there was no mention of the Prince of Peace, none whatsoever. In the Old Testament, there's a word for peace. It's called shalom. And sometimes it's used to mean the absence of conflict. But a lot of times, and in particular, when Jesus was referenced as the Prince of Peace in Isaiah. The word peace there is, is shalom. And shalom means wholeness. It means completeness. It means human flourishing. It's not merely the absence of conflict. It's like a puzzle with many pieces that are brought together and they fit perfectly and you see something beautiful. That is shalom. And the people of God, when they would greet one another, they would say shalom. And when they would leave from the interaction and the conversation, they would say shalom. And it was a blessing that you would flourish mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually and relationally, that there's just human flourishing because of the wholeness and the completeness of the person. Is that you? Is there a sense in your life that there is completeness, that you are whole, or are these pieces that just keep kind of flying around? Because this is the peace that Jesus brings. But now we've got to go back to what the heavenly host. Specifically, it comes to the people that he favors. So let's, uh, to understand that, I need to, get you to turn to Matthew chapter 10 for a minute. There'll be something up here on the screen as well. Because Jesus, um, he, he talked about peace in, in many places. But I want to read to you now something that's going to confuse you. Because that's always fun to do. The Prince of Peace, who comes to bring shalom, who went to the cross for shalom, and who was resurrected, so that we could have shalom. Says this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He says, don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. The person who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The person who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone finding his life will lose it. And anyone losing his life because of me will find it. Now the context of this verse is Jesus giving his disciples instruction. And he is sending them out to bring shalom. Now he's not sending them out to a violent uh, interaction with people. The word sword there doesn't mean a physical sword. It means the truth. It means the truth when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And as swords can separate bodies literally, so does Jesus' truth. And so what Jesus is saying, Jesus says, I did not come to bring this sentimental, this, this cozy feeling of peace that everyone's just going to feel around them. You see, Christmas wants to sentimentalize Jesus, and my friends, that's not how he came. He says, I come with a sword. And what he's saying is that the way to peace, to shalom through me, but when you go and you tell people that and you share that, it is going to separate people, even in their very own homes. Because there will be people who will reject that, who will mock that, who will persecute you for that. So peace 
is not for all. It is for some. It is for those who submit wholeheartedly to King Jesus. Hear me on that, wholeheartedly. Not half-heartedly. Not when it's convenient. Not just when you're having problems and you just pull him off the shelf like he's a genie. He's a king. Kings don't make suggestions. Kings rule and reign. You don't go to a king and say, I'll, I'll follow you and I'll, I'll submit to you and I'll surrender to you on these things. But you know, not these things. You just don't do that. And Jesus calls for nothing less than wholeheartedly surrendering. Not with perfection, not with perfection, but with progress. It's where you've resolved and you've mentally made your mind up and your heart is saying, yes, I'm surrendering. But I know there's pockets in my life and there's challenges in my life that are going to be harder than others. But King Jesus, I will give you everything. I will surrender everything because you are king and your peace will be upon me because you're king. Now, what does that mean for those that he doesn't show favor to? What, what does it mean to the people who do half-heartedly surrender and submit to Jesus? Or those that just outright reject him? What, what does that mean? It means there is no peace. There's no shalom. There's no wholeness. There's no completeness. There's no rest. There's no flourishing. And in the end, when your last day here is spent on earth, there is eternal separation from God in hell. And I, and I, I say that very carefully. I say that very gently. Not because I think it's a truth that's less in importance. I just, I just don't want to sound like some of those guys, and you've been in churches where it's almost like they like saying it. And I don't. But it doesn't change the truthfulness of it. And if you want peace, if you want shalom, you will surrender wholeheartedly and I will do the same. So, peace doesn't come quietly. Peace doesn't come to all. The last thing I want to say about peace is in Philippians chapter 4, if you want to turn there, verses 6 and 7. Okay, if we know peace doesn't come silently, and if we know who it comes to, how do I experience it? What does peace come through? Philippians chapter 4, listen to Paul. He's writing a letter to people just like you and me. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts, minds, hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What Paul's teaching is he's saying, this, this shalom. He's saying, Pray. But it's a trusting prayer. That's where peace comes through. Peace comes through trusting prayer. I don't know what people do when they pray to a God they don't know. I don't know if they think, if I just shoot it up in the sky, someone's going to hear it. No, this is a trusting prayer. This is a prayer that you have a trusting relationship with Jesus Christ as Captain King and CEO of your life. That's what it means to be in Christ. So through trusting prayer, notice it says, don't worry about anything. I mean, I have had conversations, one conversation stands out in particular. There was a guy many, many years ago, I had lunch with him, I was sitting down, I was talking to him, I was a, a pastor, uh, he was working out in the, in the marketplace, and he told me that he thought he could go a day without sinning. Wow. Okay, talk to me about that. And he thought, he would, at, the, at the end of the day, he would think through, and he, and he would... I can't remember that I really sinned today. It's possible to not sin. To which I was telling him, you're crazy. <laughs> the very fact of what you're saying, I'd almost dare say is a sin. It's pride. The footnote to this guy, and I didn't change his mind, is he was a single guy, and he ran off with a married woman, and he destroyed a family. The point in that is that we sin. And if we're not sure if we sin or not, what this is saying is, don't worry a second, a nanosecond. 
So if you think you've gone through the day going, I, I, th I think I made it through. Did you worry about a thing for a moment? Oh, yeah, I, I probably did. What's the answer to that? Where's the peace come from? It comes through prayer, my friends, through prayer. He says, pray, petition, pray, petition. Now, I did a series uh, back in, in April on prayer. I thought it was pretty good. Um, just, I'm just having, I'm having fun with you. I'm having fun with you, okay? Just having fun with you. But it's there on our website and on our app. If you just need to kind of strengthen that prayer muscle, it's a little flabby, it's, it's just kind of weak, it's, it's not able to support whatever you know, you're dealing with right now, let me encourage you to go back to that because this is an amazing promise that Paul is saying. If, if you're needing peace, shalom, pray, pray, petition. And what else does he say? He says, with thanksgiving. And I know you've, I've been riding this horse for the last year or so. And you keep hearing me say, spend every day, at the end of the day, at the very least, and thank God for everything that comes to mind. And I have been doing that. I, and I say this, I same thing, but I, I don't rush through it. But I, I, God, thank you for the bed I'm sleeping in, the roof uh, that's uh, uh, over me. Thank you for the food in my stomach or in my pantry. Thank you for the clothes of my body. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my wife. Thank you that I was born in, in America. Thank you for my, um, my education. I just, I just go through that because what it does is it takes my eyes off of the hard things, the, 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 the troubling aspect of living in a broken world, and it points them to the one who's given me these things. Remember, Google said, write down three things. But what it lacked was, well, who do you thank? That makes all the difference. When I'm thanking God for these things, that's making that connection. And now I have a relationship and just might I be thanking him for more as he blesses me rather than just hoping someone hears it uh, in, in the cosmos and, and, and happens to just catch me on a good day or I catch them on a good day. But it's important that we do it with thanksgiving. And then, and then what's the problem? And the peace of God. This is a peace that transcends our understanding and our circumstances. And just a little bit later... Paul says this in chapter, same chapter, verse 11. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know both how to have a little, and I know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him, capital him, Jesus, who strengthens me. So this peace comes through prayer, and it's trusting prayer, in, and our trust is in Christ, but it's also learned. As we continue to pray, as we continue to interact and connect with Jesus, our peace, our shalom, becomes learned, and it grows, and it impacts us more. And that, my friends, is what the Prince of Peace came for you and for me to experience. So my challenge for you this week, one is come to Jesus. Some of you are, have been giving him the Heisman. You're like stiff arming him, okay? And he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I, I gotta believe right now that is an invitation that someone's just, you're thirsting for that. I need rest. Secondly, is to make room for those looking for peace. We've got the, these sheets, and you have them right in the seat back in front of you. Can, can we all as a family get these together? Will you pull these out? Come on, let's, let's play along, have some fun here, okay? And if you're on the front row, it's right there. You can see our needs. Do you know why we're going to three services? There's a practical reason because we're running out of room in different ways. But we're making room for people who need peace. Peace. They're looking for it in other places. And this needs to be a place where they come and they experience shalom. And they learn about it. So we're asking you, please, this is what we need. And I'm asking everyone to, to just to sacrifice in some way to, to come to a different service, to sign up and help us. This is where we need help. So please join along with the others that have done that. You can turn it in in the box where you put your offering. You can put it at the kiosk, but I'll let you spend some time with that. Lastly, I'm going to say, and I'm actually going to,
quote Jim Valvano. This is, uh, this is Jimmy V week. And Jim Valvano was the head basketball coach for the North Carolina State Wolfpack in which they won the NCAA National Championship in men's basketball when they beat Phi Slamma Jamma. And he became this bigger-than-life person who very shortly after that win came down with cancer. And his body just began to show that he was dying of cancer. And they, they, they started to have these ESPY awards, and he was given the first ESPY award, and he, he got up there, could barely get up there, and he has a speech. And at the very end of the speech, this is what... When you think about the speech and when people reference the speech, this is what they remember. At the very end, when he's barely standing, he says, uh, talking about cancer research and the Jimmy V Fund that he's gonna, uh, that's going to be um, established and outlive him by a long shot. He says, don't give up. Don't ever give up. And I want to put this in a prayer context, and I'm going to say, don't stop praying. Don't ever stop praying for shalom. Okay? God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your patience with us, and thank you for the Prince of Peace and the Shalom that is available to us and through him. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand again with us, please? Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. I 
whose wounds have paid my ransom. Yes, this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Good morning. You may be seated. If I haven't met you, my name is Stephanie. I'm the director of Kids Zone here at High Point, and we are going to move into a time of offering. Um, this is for our regular attendees, those of you that call High Point home. If you are visiting, this is not for you. You can sit back and relax. Um, we have several ways um, for offering. We have offering boxes in the back through our app online. Um, but I'm going to um, pray for our offering now, so please join me. Father God, I just pray as we enter this time of tithes and offerings that we enter it with gratitude and with a grateful heart for all that you've done and all you've provided and knowing that we're giving back what's already yours, God. And I just pray that you would use it for your purpose and to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I also have some announcements for you. Um, so first of all, today, if you are a member of High Point Church, this is the day that we are voting on our 2024 budget, and we're also affirming our elder nomination. So please, as you're leaving, make your way over to the table and vote for that. And then I also want to tell you about next week. I'm super excited. Lots of things going on next week. First of all, we want you to wear your Christmas gear. So if you've got an ugly Christmas sweater, a cute Christmas sweater, a scarf, a hat, anything, we want all things Christmas next week. We're also going to be um, inviting a whole lot of cuteness to the stage with our third annual Kids Zone Christmas Choir. They have been practicing so hard, and I'm super excited for their performance next week. I know it will bless you. And then probably most importantly is next week is Giving Tree Delivery Day. And so for all the tags that you've taken off the tree, next week is the time to bring those gifts back. Um, really, really important that you bring it next week. Keep in mind that your gift is the only gift that, some of, um, that those people are getting for that family. So so important to bring it back next week. Um, and also we added three new families this week. And so as you make your way out, we still have some tags left on the tree. So if you can grab another tag or two, that would be awesome. But next week's going to be super exciting, so I'm so glad to see you all next week. And then I'm going to just piggyback on one thing that Kevin said about the making room. Um, we really, really need help at the 11.30 service, and so we're really appealing to this 10.45 crowd that you might change your schedule just a little bit um, to help us out serving at the 11.30 service. And again, you can leave those things in the offering boxes as you're leaving. Okay, that's all I have. Um, I'm going to pray to dismiss you to an amazing Sunday, but as you're leaving, please know that our prayer team is going to be down front, and so if you're in need of prayer for any, oh, okay, our prayer team's going to be somewhere. They're going to be sitting back here, I don't know. Stephen's motioning weird things to me back there. Our prayer team's going to be somewhere. Oh, oh, so sorry. Ding, 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 whoever got that. Yes, we do need to stack this up. <laughs> wow, that's embarrassing. Okay, um, I'm like, what's going on? Yes, we do need to stack this half of the chairs in order to get ready for youth tonight. So our youth are over here. Um, if you could help them, um, that would be a huge blessing as well. Okay, now I'm going to pray and dismiss you to an amazing Sunday. <laughs> Father God, I love this church family. As I look out at these people and faces, these are my people. This is my family. And I just pray as we're thinking over Kevin's message today and the idea of peace and shalom, I pray that for each person sitting in here today. And I just pray that we remember that this building is not the church. We are the church. And so as we leave the building today, I just pray that we share your message with everybody and anybody that we come in contact with. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday. Thank you.
Please give. 